that's a nice beat right there. Mm. Love this track. This is a track by an artist named Vanilla. I want to give him a shout out. He gave me permission to use his music for my podcast and my YouTube channel. Got the vlogs going on over there. David Whipple on YouTube. I'll be putting the links to where you can find his music online in the show notes on my website, davidwhipple.com. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate you. This is The Whipple Effect coming at you with episode 24. And in this episode, I want to do a follow-up on the previous one I did, talking about I don't work well with others. That's a realization I had while working at my last job at Moose Creek Ranch in Victor, Idaho, where Tracy and I have been for the whole summer of 2021. A beautiful place. So in the last episode, I mentioned that place and that team as a recent example about um, why I don't work well with other people on a team. And the staff actually listened to that episode and one of the owners and a couple of people maybe took some of the things I said the wrong way or in a different way than I intended. So I want to take this opportunity to clarify some of the things I said, as well as giving some examples from previous jobs I've had years ago as to what I didn't like about those jobs and the suffering because I mentioned that for 27 years I've been suffering working for other people and um, I want to give some examples of that. So I'm going to start off the first part of this by clarifying some of the things I said because I imagine uh, the team at Moose Creek Ranch is going to listen to this one. So this is for them specifically, but you know, this is kind of a, I like to try and talk in a <clears throat> story-like manner. So anyone that's listening, hopefully can find some value in this, um, reflect on your own experiences and maybe be entertained a little bit, whatever you're doing. I don't know what you're doing, driving around, jogging, walking the dog, washing dishes, doing laundry, flying on an airplane, whatever's going on, wherever you are in the world, I hope you're well and thanks for tuning in. So Moose Creek Ranch in Victor, Idaho. Uh, the first thing I would say is that I am grateful for that opportunity to have been hired there and given the trust to perform the duties that I was assigned. Really grateful for it. Happy it happened. And so that's the first thing. I'm, I, I had a good time overall. You know, I was uh, on one of the final days I was there, I was talking with some of the staff about the summer and what it looked like in its entirety. You know, and this is really how it is in life. I think you'd agree is that in every day, take one day, like today, for example, the minutes are going by, the hours are going by. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's stressful. Sometimes we're happy with what's going on in the moment. Sometimes we're not. And 
in that narrow focus of perception, you know, time can seem to go by slow. And so then multiply that by several days, weeks, and each experience is building on the other like brush strokes. I think of, I'm pretty visual, so I'm thinking of a canvas and we're painting. So a day is like a, a brush stroke. Sometimes it's smooth and beautiful. Other days it's a, a bit more abrasive and harsh and distorted. And we start continuing to brush the strokes onto the canvas with different colors and textures. And those are the days and that's how it was at Moose Creek Ranch. And then all of a sudden, the summer was over. And, and then Tracy and I were about to leave. And and then I could see the whole summer, all the brush strokes. And I'm detached, standing back. And I can see the canvas in its entirety now. That is the summer now. <laughs> because some days were stressful and frustrating for various reasons that I mentioned in the last episode. And, so, and some days were just good. It was a beautiful place. And so now, even now that I'm gone, Tracy and I are on the road, again, I can see the canvas of summer at Moose Creek Ranch. And it's beautiful. I like to look at it. That happened. It's a memory now. You know what I mean? This is how it is in life with all of our experiences. In hindsight, we can look back at a particular period of time and see it in its entirety for what it is. And I'm grateful. It was beautiful. And I wish everyone there well. So I want to say thank you to, there's two owners. One I only met briefly. I didn't really get to know. Uh, there's another one who I talked with several times and I really like him. And I want to say thank you for paying me for the jobs that I did and I'm continuing to do as I am managing their social media um, remotely. I took a whole bunch of photos and videos and I still got a lot of content to edit so I can continue to post for them on their profiles uh, for the next uh, foreseeable future, one or two months. And so thank you for that, uh, for your generosity and your kindness I really appreciate you. I like you as a person. And to the managers, I want to say thank you as well for giving us a chance to do the jobs that we did. And I really genuinely like you as people. The two of you were very kind and very hardworking uh, and good working, hard and good. Uh, so. Tracy and I have high standards in the work that we do, and I see a lot of similarities between you two and us, and so we have that in common. We have more in common than we have in differences, and so I see you and recognize you and honor you for who you are and what you do and how you do it, and I know that you, things weren't always perfect there, and we all have our shortcomings, and uh, we talked about that and um, I know you'll be working on it, as will I in my own life. So good job, carry on, stay in touch. And um, yeah, so some of the staff listened to it. They, some of them took it a little bit the wrong way, misinterpreting what I had said or not said. And so 
one of the managers and I, after they had listened to it, uh, we talked for like an hour about some of the details in the last episode. And so we have an understanding about that. It's all good. Uh, I did mention that uh, one person there in particular on the team I did not care for. Uh, If you want more details on that, you can listen to the last episode. I still stand by that. I think uh, my opinion is that he should have been fired right away because it was really clear and sort of everyone knew it. You know, last night I was actually watching, before I went to bed, I was watching an episode of uh, Kitchen Nightmares with Gordon Ramsay. Um, He is a person that I've really learned a lot from by watching his videos over the years. Um, Highly recommend it. I'll put a link in the show notes if you want to check it out. Uh, Very entertaining, but a lot of life lessons and business lessons to learn by watching Gordon Ramsay at work. He goes in and kitchen nightmares and takes a kitchen that's a nightmare for all kinds of reasons and then does his best to improve it and he nine times out of ten he does and last night he was talking about this one person that should have been fired a long time ago and I just couldn't agree more with him on that like there was this underperformer on the team in this kitchen And it was the whole place would have been better off if they had fired that person a long time ago. They eventually did, but the damage was done by that point. And so that's just a little bit of uh, something that I resonated with in that episode because that's how it was at Moose Creek Ranch. This one person just should have been fired. Slow to hire, quick to fire. That's what I've been saying for a long time, but rarely that's what I see happening in jobs that I've worked at. But I have my way that I would do things if I was a manager, and other people have their ways of doing things. And that's one of the reasons why I've suffered for so long is because oftentimes I disagree with management on so many points. So I've decided not to work for anyone on a team, God willing, uh, for the rest of my life, I'll be a independent contractor, a freelance creative, you know, uh, working f- for other people, but by myself, you know what I mean? Like I'm going to have like digital nomad projects that I'll be working on for other people and businesses, but I won't have to work with other people. I'll have tasks that I'll be able to crush on my own time and set the price for it too. So this is what I've been doing for the last year of 2021 and 2022 is shaping up to be even better as well. So anyway, that's basically what I have to say to clarify about Moose Creek Ranch. For those of you on that team who is listening to this, just know that, um, you know, and I, and people recognize this towards the end because we talked about it, sort of my archetype my design is that as an Aries and this kind of person I'm I'm fiery I go in and I shake things up I've done that in many jobs like there's a lot of swampiness and sediment that needs to be shooken up to be released much like toxins in our bodies that you know become uh, hidden and stagnant and that kind of leads to festering and 
cancerous growths and all kinds of dis-ease. And so in our bodies, we want to stir up the toxins to be circulated out. And that's what I do in jobs. I, I see where things could be improved. I shake it up and say, come on, things could be so much better. Let's make it happen. And I've done that personally in other people's lives too, and relationships, people that I've met. I'll see all kinds of toxic relationships going on and I'll interact with those people and notice those things that need to be improved and I'll shake it up, bring it to the surface to be released. Oftentimes it's uncomfortable for people, but what are we going to do? Ignore that shit? <sighs> That's not my path. My path is to honor the struggle and to improve my life and others around me as well. So to Moose Creek Ranch, I say thank you all for paying attention and showing up and doing the work. A lot of you are young. I know what it's like to be in my 20s and 30s and to make mistakes and to recognize that and make improvements. And that's how life goes. And it's a beautiful thing in its entirety, like the canvas that we put the brush strokes on. If we can step back and look at our lives every once in a while, we can see things with a greater perspective before we zoom back in into the present moment of each day. So uh, I want to give some examples of jobs from the past that uh, examples of how and why I've suffered uh, because it's not just Moose Creek Ranch. That was just the latest iteration of 27 years of experience. So I'm going to give about three or four examples from jobs. I've only, I'm going to start with one here. Uh, it was a restaurant in Phoenix that uh, Tracy and I were actually hired to help this guy open it from zero to everything. And if my memory serves me correctly, it's the only job where I was officially in a managerial position to try and run the place as I had always dreamed of doing from reading books, listening to podcasts, watching videos, all on high performance and good leadership. In addition to all of the experience previously that I had learned from living life and working jobs, which is always the best. So this job hap was taking place in 2019, two years ago, in Phoenix. And I'm not going to say the name of the restaurant or the owner, because I don't want that to be sort of defamatory or whatever, but I'm just going to give you uh, my true life experience of this place opening a restaurant in phoenix 2019 uh and all most of the details i'm going to leave out but i just want to sort of paint a picture for you of what kind of sucked about this place it started off good and again in its entirety i am grateful for that experience because i learned a lot and there were some good times i'm just going to point out some of the bad times so it started off really good, a lot of humor, a lot of progress, a lot of ideas. You know, we were creating the menu and uh, decorating the interior, and I built the website, which is still live. I did some graphic design work, 
And um, we were really participatory, Tracy and I, with the owner in making all this happen. So it started off really good. And then we started hiring. And so we would, I would put these ads out and people would come in, we would interview. And so I helped hire the staff. And then I helped train the staff which was good. I created playlists for the place and set up the speakers, Sonos speakers and the sound design. And uh, Tracy got in a lot of plants and macrame and we we're beautifying the space visually and auditor auditorially. And, uh, but eventually things started to get bad because of the owner. I'm not trying to not take responsibility. I do take responsibility wherever I can, but I think you would agree that the reality is when things go wrong, there's no such thing as bad teams, only bad leaders. It's like people who own dogs. There's no such thing as bad dogs who shit where they shouldn't and bark all the time. Um, no, it's the humans with the dog, you know, who are not earning any respect. Same thing with parenting and kids. There's no such thing as bad kids, just bad parenting. Always to the top with leadership. So there's no such thing as bad teams, only bad leaders. Right? So this owner's... So many details I'm going to leave out, but basically he started getting all weird, like the way Tracy and I were managing, you know, he would always counteract it with his way, which was very, you know, he's a self-proclaimed dreamer, old hippie, you know, from the 60s and 70s and shit, and not really organized or efficient or great at communicating. He's always distracted. Whenever we would try and have meetings, he was distracted by his phone and other ladies because he fancies himself some kind of ladies' man. So instead of trying to be professional and on point, right, he's always getting distracted like a little dog, you know, by any shiny thing or whatever. So he couldn't focus, and so we couldn't get things done as far as clarity and organization and just operating a business. He all, always seemed like he wanted to be some sort of kid playing at restaurant rather than building a business, which takes a lot of hard work and focus. And uh, so Tracy and I found that our hands were tied to get anything clear and, and uh, performed. And so that started trickling down from him to us, to the team. And oftentimes, financially, our hands were tied. Like, we would try and get basic things for a restaurant, basic tools. And uh, he would put the reins on that so we couldn't get things. Or if we did get things, he would come at us antagonistically and uh, question our purchases. You know, so this started to lead to a lot of frustration. And then with... Uh, the menu, no, with music, he would start to not like what was playing. He wanted to play what he plays, which is a lot of like all the classic rock hits and shit, old hippie shit, you know, and it really wasn't on brand for like the kind of raw, vegan, vegetarian, organic, high vibe cuisine that we were trying to present with a beautiful space. 
So his music started to counteract that. He would just want it to be like his own playground, you know? Whereas I would try and play stuff that was appropriate for the space and the people and the time of day or night. So the music started to get frustrating. Uh, the finances started to get frustrating. There was a huge lack of clarity and communication. He started to uh, lose temper quite a bit on people because the staff started not doing tasks that they were asked to do. But there's a lot of reasons for that. Because there was a lot of uh, conflicting information coming from the top. He would say in one thing and we would say another. And then actions speak louder than words. He would do things that he told not other people to do. But he would tell them to do something, but he would do another. And so there was mixed messages coming down the chain of command. And... And people are always watching and listening and observing. So these kids, and they were all young, they were noticing those things. You know, so... Anyway... Uh, oh, and then uh, paychecks, payment. Like, it got to the point where he was not notifying team members when paychecks were available. And so they would be wondering. And there was a lot of friction for the team members to get paid. And so that leads to a lot of resentment. So all these reasons uh, combined together, things started coming undone. Tracy and I couldn't take it anymore, and I'm leaving so many details out. So it ended up, Tracy and I just, you know, parted ways with that business. Uh, surprisingly, they're still open as of this recording, but I don't imagine they'll be open for long because there's just so many things wrong with the way he runs a business, I think. These are my opinions. So that I, I suffered there quite a bit. Um, that was one example. What's another example here? Um, okay, another quick one. Uh, there was this health food store in Philadelphia that I was hired to work at in 2014. And it started off great. So a uh, health food store in Philadelphia, it had been open for quite a few decades. So it was well established. But these new owners took over and they had heard about me through the channels out there of work I had done previously, building good relationships and doing good work. So they contacted me to hire me to travel to Philadelphia to help them open up a juice tonic bar in the health food store. So I thought that was great. So I went there and it started off great as all of my past experiences did. And I started working with them to build the menu and to get the supplies, the ingredients, the, the tools, and to build up this juice tonic elixir bar. And so I, I built, I created the menu. I got the ingredients and all the tools and opened up and started making the drinks for the customers. And it started off great. Things were going well. And after a couple of weeks, I started noticing all these different areas in the store where improvements could be made on the team. <clears throat> because I'm always oriented in how to nurture the team, the humans on a team, to make their work experience better 
which leads to better performance and uh, more money uh, for the company and happier customers. So I don't like to focus on customers first. I like to focus on team first. Very few other places do. I've never worked for one that has. It's only things that I've seen in uh, the people that I follow in leadership on these podcasts and videos and books. And so I went up to one of the old managers at this store and I came up to him with an idea that I had. I said, hey, there's this little area where uh, team members are walking through all the time. And what if we put on the wall here like a calming card box where we can write comments about good or bad or anything things that a team member might notice on their shift of something they need or think could be better or something they like i don't know anything so a comment card for staff in this area i said what if we put that there then we could hear from them and get ideas from the whole team and triangulate it all to to make everything better and he said something like no, 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 definitely not going to do that because then we'd be hearing from everyone all the time and uh, we, we, we just don't need that information overload and we, we already got this. We just know what to do and oh no, we're not going to do that. So I came in there like really excited to, to make everything great and then when he told me that, I was instantly deflated. I could see from this old dusty looking manager that he didn't want to make things better he just wanted to coast and not do too much work and this is par for course managers and other team members they just want to show up and get the paycheck and just not rock the boat too much just make things easier and less work you know so I was instantly deflated and I could see from that experience and many others in that store that I was in for some suffering and I was for a few months before I left there and went on my way. So that's another example. Um, another example would be at a store that I will say is Natural Grocers. I was in Austin, Texas in 2000. 17? Yeah, I think it was 2017. I was in Austin, Texas. Tracy and I were uh, apart for a while. I was So I was in Austin by myself. Tracy was in another state. And I got a job. I was just... Actually, at that time, I was just trying to find a place to live, pay rent, and get it. So I just had to find some job. And I was looking for all these great jobs, but they weren't coming through. So I ended up being a cashier. And shelf stalker at natural grocers which is if you don't know what that is that's a, a health food store chain there i like their products and i still shop there when i travel i like their products so i'll shop there but i don't like the piped in muzak that they play in their stores um and i don't like the way their organization works for a few reasons which i'll share with you now so I started working there. I thought it was going to be pretty good. And, you know, because I would get a store discount. And yeah, I started meeting the team. 
I started training and it was going pretty well. It was fine. But it wasn't too long, just a few days before I started noticing how things could be better. And I started to try and make it happen and it didn't end up working. So I quit. So here's how that went. A few reasons. Um, I started talking with the staff, you know, throughout the work days, we would talk, right? You know, do the work and communicate and talk casually. And I started to understand from talking with them that they weren't all that happy. <laughs> and so I was like, well, one of the reasons is they weren't paid enough for their work. And, and most of them were doing good work. They were showing up and doing good work. And they didn't feel like they were getting paid enough for their worth. So that was one thing that I took note of. And then another thing was because I'm really sensitive to music. And so being there for hours a day, having to listen to the pre-programmed radio stations that uh, Natural Grocers puts into all their stores. And this was at the holiday season too as well. So there was a lot of shitty ass Christmas music thrown in there too. And so I was getting driven insane by it. So I started talking with one of the managers like, hey, we don't think we're getting paid enough. And, and the other people didn't really like the music either. And so I said, what can we get paid more? Can we get the music to be changed? There's a few other things too, I don't remember. But uh, one of the managers was like, yeah, yeah, I, th I think that'd be great. And another manager was like, sure, yeah, we could probably make that happen. So the managers were open to the ideas of improvements that I was promoting, but they couldn't do anything. So, <laughs> well, they could. They could go up the chain of command to Natural Grocers HQ, but they didn't. And they had been there for years. So I did, and I had been there for days. I said, I want the phone numbers. I'm going to go up to that office, and I'm going to call. I'm going to make some phone calls for the team. You know, I'm going to go in there and shake things up and make things happen, and let's see what happens. So I get on the phone with uh, some lady in HQ, and I pitch my promotions. I, the staff is doing really good work, and they don't feel like they're getting paid enough, and nobody really likes some music and whatever other ideas I had. And she basically said no. The music wasn't going to change. <clears throat> and payment wasn't going to change either. Only in quarterly promotions by a tiny amount, you know, like 50 cents or something. So basically, I went up the chain of command as far as I could and pitched my ideas and they shot them down. So <clears throat> I was really deflated and I started getting frustrated more and more and resenting being there uh, just to get a paycheck, a small one, so I could pay rent at a place that wasn't even that great. You know that cycle? It's vicious and uh, I didn't, didn't want to put up with it anymore, so I quit. Uh, <laughs> I forget what happened, but I kind of... I quit on one day. I just walked out at the beginning of a shift. I don't even really remember what happened, but I was so depressed about it and I couldn't take it anymore. I just I just told the manager, hey, I can't work here anymore. I quit and I walked out that day. Not the first time I done that. So that's another example 
of my suffering over 27 years. I'll give you one final one before we end this episode. And that is when I worked for a billionaire, and I will say his name, Peter Nygaard, who is in jail now, by the way, if you haven't heard about his story, he got caught up in the sex scandal thing of sex raping and sex trafficking and all this of like young women. Uh, so he's in jail now and uh, I hope he stays there actually because he's a pretty terrible guy. Uh, and I think he's done a lot of bad things in his life to other people and you know there's consequences for that. I think he should be in jail and stay there. So that was back in 2012. Um, most details aside in this story, just a few highlights. It's a story for another time, and I probably should devote a few episodes to how I met him, ended up working for him, and all my experiences with him, and how and why I left. But I'll just give you a few highlights. Other examples the Moose Creek Ranch of my suffering, and all of them put together in their entirety, lead up to my my suffering and working for other people and why I chose to stop doing that. So in 2012, I met this billionaire, Peter Nygaard, and started working for him as a private chef. My technical position was called a nutrition specialist. So I was a nutrition specialist, private chef for him. And I went into it thinking it was going to be the best thing ever. I was pretty stoked on it. You know, I was going to work side by side with this international fashion mogul every day, flying around with him on his private jet to all of his headquarters around the world. And I thought I was going to become some kind of superstar in, in the chef world or something. <clears throat> so... It only took a few days of working with him, as all jobs do for me, before I realized that this was not going to be the star-studded experience I thought it was going to be. I realized I was in a world of shit. And I remained in that world of shit for seven months. So I thought he wanted to make improvements in his life with health, and so that's where I came in, is to upgrade his nutritional program and feed him stuff uh, that was going to make him better. Um, he was an old guy then. He is 71 when I worked for him. So he's in his late 70s now, or I don't know, whatever the math is. So <clears throat> I came in, was sitting next to him at his computer and working with his doctor's uh, assessments of him and his, and his blood test results and all this biomolecular stuff. And then I was going to hand pick, uh, create a, a daily menu for him, choosing on specific superfoods and herbs uh, and meals to incorporate into his diet to maximize his health and all this. But after a few days, I, I was just observing and he was yelling, to put it mildly, at the other people working for him, his receptionists and etc. <clears throat> his inner circle, and I was in the innermost ring of his inner circle, and he was just yelling at everyone, 
and they were terrified. Literally, their hands were shaking. That's one of the first things I noticed. They were just trembling with fear. Uh, in their eyes, you could just see the fear of Peter Nygaard's anger and, oh, God, you know, Peter's angry and, oh, we fucked up, you know. So everybody's always on edge. And it wasn't long before he turned that anger on me. It was only like within two weeks he started directing that classic Peter Nygaard anger on me. You know, because I was delivering drinks and food to his bedside. You know, he'd be laying in bed, just sort of doing business on his phone or watching TV. And I would bring in breakfast, lunch, dinner. And uh, he started treating me like a slave. And so I, I suffered. I got really depressed. I'm going to skip over all the details of the story, but I just want to just paint that picture for you that I suffered uh, with him. And he was the leader of this organization, right? And so the trickle-down effect down the chain of command. He was just pushing down stress and anger and fear. And there was all kinds of miscommunications, lack of clarity, and just a strictness on his way only. So his central command not decentralized command. He was in charge and he cracked the whip. He, he led with a stick, not with honey. So eventually I couldn't take it anymore. And so I quit. And that's a whole story for another episode or two or three. So this is enough examples of previous jobs where always from leadership and management down the chain of command, things became nightmares. And I saw it all. I live to tell the tale. And I just want to share all that with you. Maybe it's a bit cathartic for me to get it out there. I'm grateful to be alive and to have the experiences I have. I've learned so much, and I'm looking forward to doing my best to integrate all of that and to live it in a positively constructive way into the world to serve you and others if I'm able to. So I remain humble. I'm not better than anyone else, even though I do believe that I would do things differently in all these positions, and probably better but we'll never know. Maybe in the future, I'll have my own business, my own cafe, restaurant, or some other kind of business. I would like to. I believe I will. And I'll have a team of two, three, 50 people. I don't know. I will have the chance one of these days, I bet, to lead other people in what I believe would be the best way ever by building the humans up to listening to them, solicit, proactively solicit their perspectives on how I could do things better, how the whole team could, and to encourage them to rise up and become leaders themselves. Decentralized command. Build people up. Build me up out of a job so they could take over management 
and ownership. You know, give them uh, a buy-in. You know, so they feel like they're co-operating the place with management and ownership. <clears throat> People work better that way. In case you didn't know. Anyway, that's it for this episode of the Whipple Effect. I appreciate you tuning in. I hope there's been some insights for you. I hope you learned something. Hope you've been entertained. Whatever you're doing out there. And uh, that you're enjoying this music again. This is a track by Vanilla. I'm really digging the way this one sounds. I hope you do too. If you want to catch more of his tunes, you can find him on Bandcamp and Spotify. Give him a shout out. Give him a follow. The links are in the description and the show notes on my website, davidwhipple.com. I got a lot going on over there at my launch pad. I'm selling photo prints of some of my best photography. I'm selling whip apparel. I make merch. I make some t-shirts and other things. It's for free thinkers and freedom fighters. I'm wearing one now. It's calling out the COVID scam with all the mask wearing out there all the bullshit with the vaccines and the complacency, the acquiescence of power to a perceived external authority, the surrogate government, the fucking corrupt institutions and the liars that are telling you to stay safe and to obey their mandates. That's not what I'm about. I'm about breathing open air not wearing the mask. I never have. I never will. And I won't take the vaccine because I believe in natural health and immunity and personal responsibility, freedom, the constitution, all that jazz. Good stuff. So like and subscribe. Give me a follow on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And anyway, that's it. Thanks for tuning in. Enjoy the tunes. I'm going to leave you with this track by Vanilla dig it and we'll catch you in the next episode